0: Prepare yourself to be blown away by the seismic sounds and scrutiny of. Aftershocks Podcast with Chris Aiken and Matt Hartnett. All right, go ahead, Matt. All right, here we go. Aftershocks number 13. Matt and Chris here with you, and our guest today is the mastermind and bassist behind two, that's right, two heavy metal supergroups. The first one being the All-Star Studded Metal Allegiance, and he's here to talk with us today about his other supergroup called BPMD, which features overkill frontman Bobby Blitz-Ellsworth, violence, and ex-machine head guitarist Phil Demel, and of course drummer extraordinaire Mike Portnoy, and their debut release, American Made, comes out June 12th on napalm records mr mark maggie mark man thanks for coming on man how you doing hope you're not going to uh stir crazy there in the quarantine
1: hey hey man i appreciate those uh kind words guys and uh it's funny people call it supergroups i've never that term still makes me feel a bit uncomfortable because (laughs) i still feel i have no business writing or performing with some of these dudes and, and and ladies and uh i'm definitely humbled by that so thank you
0: yeah, sure, of course, man. And uh, yeah, so BPMD, the new uh, record, American Made. You got ten tracks on there, all covers, seventies American classics from the likes of Aerosmith, Nugent, Skinner, etc. But the ones you know that stuck out to me were the three songs you guys did from uh, the proto metal masters of the seventies, The Mountain. Uh, song Blue Oyster Cult, and the always underrated and underappreciated Cactus, in their song Evil, which I I yeah. just heard that this morning, man. You guys do great justice for that. It's great. Um, and those you know three bands, obviously, are much lesser known compared to the, some of the bigger names that you know I just mentioned. And I originally assumed that you know either yourself or, Portland, or I picked those ones out because you guys are from Long Island. All three of those bands are from Long Island, so and we didn't. <laughs> I know you did exactly. The other, the other two guys did, man. So when you yeah. guys put together this project, I mean, how easy or difficult was it to pick the songs? I mean, was it simply just like everyone kind of picked a few and just decided to roll with it, or did you guys kind of bring them all to the table and then just figure out from there what to do?
1: Well, we, you know, when let me backtrack a minute. My, uh, my younger son uh, Anthony, he's eight. And he kinda of put this idea in my head. Um, Saturday night special was playing on a radio. I was hanging out in my backyard and it was he's like, Dad, you guys should play this. And I initially thought, This is this is not Metal Allegiance material. And I love Skinner, don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, we kinda it's kind of established what MA is, what we do, how we write, what we play, et cetera. You know, mm-hmm. basically glorified thrash band, if you will.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But when he said that, I started hearing these things in my head. You know, if I were to play this song, what would I do? Uh, what you hear on um, our version of Saturday Night Special is what I would do. And when I asked Blitz about doing this, um, he, he's like, dude, I want to do Mountain and Cactus. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, we said, you know what? Let's do an American-made record. He said that. So that's where the title came from nice. within that first-minute conversation, American-made. All right, let's only do American bands from the 70s. All right, cool. Then we get Mike and and Phil on board. Then we set the ground rules of it has to be American-made, all-American band, and it has to be released in the 70s. And we each get to pick two songs, but we can't argue those songs. So if Mm -hmm. Phil picked two songs, I have to do them, and vice versa. And and so that's how we kind of went about it. And we each picked our two, and then we had two community choices, which was American band and uh, the James Gang walk away. Mm
0: -hmm. Cool. Very cool, very cool. Yeah, I mean, obviously it's a reference, you know, the American-made title there is a reference and sort of a salute to the great history of American, you know, hard rock uh, that came out of that, you know, 70s era. I mean, it's hard not to listen to these songs and kind of remember, you know, a time when hard rock, you know, just rock in general was, it was on top of the world here in the States. I mean, it was the number one selling music by a mile, you know, where these days, much different story. Rock, has officially been dethroned as a top-selling musical genre. I think it's by hip hop or, or EDM or something. But also, I mean, a band like Imagine Dragons now is considered rock. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and even you know, even metal to a certain extent's gotten soft. It's gotten kind of safe and stale, and you know, it's not edgy and you know, dangerous like it was when we were kids. I mean, I remember growing up in New York, and you know, everyone. I knew it It all had Twisted Sister logos written all over their binders and notebooks. I mean, it was, you know, there was so much energy and buzz, just rock in general. So, I mean, you just talked about, you know, having the conversation with your son. Um, You know, people also don't realize, right, how hard it is to get kids into rock and metal these days with all that other stuff always right in front of them on the computers, on the video games and everything. So, I mean, did the idea for BPMD, did it revolve really around like, you know, obviously wanting to showcase... The roots of of the younger, you know, of the metal of the to the younger generation of fans, and uh, you know, there was a, sort of like a bit of a history and appreciation thing that you guys wanted to do, or was it just simply, let's just do these songs and have some good, t- you know, have a good time with it.
1: It's kind of like, it, it's kind of threefold, uh, to be honest with you. Number one, um, it reminds us why we do this. Mm-hmm. You know, Skynyrd and, and ZZ Top amazing but bands like cactus are criminally underrated mountains mm-hmm. criminally underrated boys are co- i mean the, these bands in my book they're legends you know leslie west is a legend you know um, mm-hmm. cactus i freaking love cactus and Butch said that i was so excited because i totally would have picked cactus i mean i absolutely love them mm-hmm. and it's good to give these bands recognition if you watched our video to evil today uh, we made it to point to put you know old photos of cactus in the video um willie dixon's in there he wrote the song Mm -hmm. back 50s howlin wolf the entire uh, chicago blues scene of the 50s from chess records that's all represented and at least in my mind i wanted to pay tribute to who these people who you know broke the ground uh for someone like me um even uh, and i'm the younger one in bpmd and even my eight-year-old who came up with the idea, you know, he's been to chess records with me. He he took that tour with me. He understands the, the, the you know the history of that. Not many kids do. Um, <laughs> you know, I would say probably most don't. But it, it's good to at least in my mind, it's good to pay tribute to to people like this. Um, and if you would have asked me on July eighth of last year if you know something like this would be created, I would have laughed because July 9th it was. You know, and it, it literally happened that fast. Sure.
2: Um, now, with with it, Mark, with with doing doing this project, um, what what is the, it, you know, and it's almost a, I could ask you the same question, I guess, with with Metal Allegiance on some level. What is the end game for a project like this? Is it to, is it something where you put it together and you see where it goes, and then it develops into its own thing? You know,
1: yeah, special, dude, I'm Metal still trying Allegiance. to figure it out, man
2: because <laughs> you know what i'm saying though metal allegiance sort of started this same way where you guys were you know just jamming and then it sort of grew into its own monster you well, know it, it's is the this same thing
1: same thing that happened with ma you know in the summer of 2014 i gave up music altogether i wanted to have nothing to do with performing being in the business being in the industry i wanted nothing to do with it i wanted to be a dad my kids i wanted to live a, a normal life and you know in my little bubble in the sticks here in long island i, I didn't want nothing to do with it okay. and um and it was my uh colleagues in ma of Portnoy and elves and i said you know enough of your bullshit get come on let's you know you did this previously with you know organizing all those metal masters and your friends with these guys respect you and you did the hard part. You got everybody together, and you're just gonna walk away. And there was, you know, I had a lot of personal shit going on, uh-huh. and it's it just for my own sense of clarity. I, I needed to find myself as as a person, and I did that. And you know, Dave called me one day, and he said, "Dude, Megadeth canceled off the motorboat, which was Motorhead's first cruise." Right. right? let's get the gang back together. And I, and I, and I remember saying, what are we going to do? Jerk each other off on a fucking boat. <laughs> <laughs> what are we going to, we don't have anything. He's like, well, you told me about this thing called metal allegiance. It was an idea I came up with probably about a month or so prior. I was, I started to toy with, he's like, now's the time. I'm like, not ready. This, that, and the other thing. Um, and then he convinced me and he had port and and then everyone's fucking calling me. And, um, And then within 24 hours, we're booked on Motorhead's motorboat for the first cruise. And then a month later, we're on that boat, you know, doing just playing covers and and having fun. And it was good to see everybody again, because for me, it's been a little bit. Because like I said, I I took myself out of the, the music world altogether. And then on that boat, we were we kept circling this island because we could the boat couldn't dock in Key West because of a bad storm that was happening. And we kept circling and circling this island, and we were talking, hanging out, um, just sitting there, quarantined on a boat. Not much different than being quarantined <laughs> here right now. And somebody said, and I believe it was Mike, who said, "You know, we should write a record together as of Allegiance." And it just, in just an offhand comment. And and the conversation went away. And then after we did the second gig, the week went on. We did the did our gigs, and it was after the second gig I went off to Mike and I said, "You really think we could do a record as M.A.?" And he's like, "Absolutely." A few weeks later, what happens? Mike, Dave, Alex, and myself find ourselves at Portnoy's house, much like BPMD, and uh, we wrote a record in about four days, and um, and off we went. <laughs> <laughs> and also, it's very much the same thing where it's not planned there was no this is the game plan we're going to do this this month we're going to do this next year we're going to release it it's, it's man we're flying off the fucking seat of our pants here with this especially me um, and if you would have asked me again six years ago or in the summer of 2014 if I would be behind two bands like this I <laughs> probably would have laughed at it I still laugh at it because it's fucking funny <laughs> Uh, yeah, I mean, I find it funny and, um, yeah, there, there's, it's figuring as we go, man. And that's sometimes the best things in life are like that. And, and you know, like I said earlier, I'm humbled by it. You know, I'd never expected this. And, uh, especially me, I was, the, I was the no name in all of this. I was the, who's this asshole? You know, who, who's this guy? Who, who, who is he? Why is he on stage with all these legends? Why is he writing? Why is he doing this? He has no business up there. And I'm my own worst enemy with that. You know, when I, when I write, you know, it's the same thing. I prep the, the, the regimen I put myself through is fucking grueling. What I do, um, uh, where nobody sees where I'm practice constantly, constantly practicing to this day, hours, right. hours a day. Um, because if I'm going to be in a room with people like Mike and Alex, I better fucking deliver. And mm-hmm. if you don't, I, I would be the first one to say, get your ass out, you know, right. mm-hmm. um, even on stage when we play live shows. I'm always the most prepared, always. And Alex will be the first one to tell you that because I take the set list and I'll play it a fucking million times. I will practice it, every nuance of it. So that way, again, on stage, you know, if Alex or Mike or Gary Holt or someone fucks up, it's you know, whatever, it's okay. I fuck up, guess what's going to happen? Get this, <laughs> you know, at least that's the pressure I put on myself. I don't sure. know if that would actually happen. But that's how I look at it. That's the pressure I put on myself. Um, and I love it. I, I thrive off of that. Sure. Uh, well. and, and same thing with BPMD. You know, it's again, you know, Blitz is a legend. You know, Demel's fucking phenomenal. And Portnoy, you know, I have that experience with him in oh, wow. writing. You know, this is our fourth record together, uh, Mike and I. So I have that experience with him. But again, it's, you know, I have to give the best performance I possibly could give. And that was... You know, my goal in recording at least my bass parts on this record to do not only these songs, trust us to give the best presentation as possible, to give integrity to those songs that they deserve. Uh, and again, it's, you know, it's the mind games I put myself through.
2: Sure. Let, let me ask what I, I'm going to assume is an is an obvious question. Maybe it's not. Don't take this as condescending, but you brought it up, so I'm going to go there. How is it that you are that guy? How is it that you you have a uh, uh, phone full of Hall of Fame musicians? And, you know, <laughs> there, there's a million other guitar players out there, and I can promise you, they don't have. They would be happy to have Mike Portnoy's guitar te- or drum tech in their phone, let alone Mike Portnoy. You, you know what I mean? But you know, you seemingly know everybody in that in that arena. How how did you get to be that guy?
1: Well, I, I, again, I'm, there's not a day that goes by that I take that for granted. And, um, again, completely humbled that they want to write with me or they want to perform with me and they want me to be that bass player, you know, it's, it, which is crazy. Um, and, and again, humbled by it, you know, in my former life and, you know, prior to that summer of 2014, uh, I worked in the music business, so I knew a lot of these dudes already and and Mike and Dave and I uh, I've, I've known those guys forever. I've known the anthrax guys fuck a long time. you know I've known a lot of these people for a long time, but I've never worked with them on a creative uh, side. It's always been business. Um, one day um, and I think I think it was Mike um, I don't know I don't know where we were, but he uh, he was like one of those dudes that, was snooping around in my fucking notebook <laughs> and uh and i write a lot of lyrics he's like what the fuck is it? he's like are you kidding me and um he's like dude write with us and that's what ma you know i went when it's those first ma writing sessions i had no intention on being a writer or now what's considered the core four i had no I had zero intentions of that um, and I got forced into it. Um, and a lot of the song, the music you hear on that first MA records, mine, um, gift of pain with Randy, uh, all that music. And the majority of those lyrics I wrote, uh, yeah. Uh, Wet darkness fall. I mean, the, 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 list goes on and on. And it's just, they tapped me and I guess I was an untapped resource, if you will. And, um, yeah. And, they, and they coerced me into that. And, and again, it's, you know, to, to, Two, three, actually three MA records later, and you know the BPMD record. It's uh, you know I don't take it for granted, and I still don't know why. <laughs> you know, <laughs> thankful for it. You sure. know, and I get I get calls every day. I get emails, calls, texts, social media. Hey, can, you know from a lot of people? Can we kind of jam with you? Can I'd like to guest on this and this and that and the other thing? And it's amazing. You know, and again, I'm you know I guess humbled is the word of the day, and mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty awesome.
2: You know, do you, you say- feel do you feel like you like maybe part of the reason, too, was that you were the one that could could provide music that that didn't have to have decisions made behind it? Like, you know, Ellison, obviously, when he writes a, when he writes a part, he's got to think about Megadeth and Portnoy, he has to think of one of his 43 bands that he's in. And, you know, you, you know I, where where you were kind of an untapped resource that had ideas with nowhere to put them. So it, it, it kind of just was almost like a, a puzzle. A
1: great switch. question. Great question. I don't know. Um, I never had. I never thought about it that way. Um, I do know one thing. I've always asked myself, um, and especially with Alex Skolnick. Why the fuck doesn't Alex Skolnick write with Testament? Just the fucking riffs this dude lays down are insane. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, And I remember when we wrote... Uh, Alex and I wrote the song "The Accuser" together on a second MA record, and uh, I remember after we wrote that, and I'm like, "Dude, this is fucking screaming Testament," <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, "And I understand his point, and, and I totally respect Testament. You know, Testament Eric writes the music, Chuck writes the lyrics, and that works. Eric, Alex does all the weed work, and he writes the melodies and the weed work. You know, they have a good formula. That that's what the Testament formula is, and, and we all respect that." You know, Alex has never ever recorded rhythm guitars on record in his life before Metal Allegiance. Wow, that's unbelievable. Which oh. I was shocked. Yeah. I was like, what the f- listen to these fucking riffs. <laughs> yeah, <very laughs> and, um you know, so after Alex, I don't think he had to go to Testament and or think about Testament. It's just what came out of him. Um, you know, same thing with Dave. You know, I, I'm not so sure if you know, I've never had the conversation with Dave going, hey did you ever submit this to to Dave? Um, I I never asked him. It's just, you know, this is, we get into a room and we write. I mean, it's just, we would just start jamming and fucking riffs would start flying away, flying out. And, you know, with MA and F first record, I brought four songs to the table. You know, here you go, here's four songs. You do what you will with them. And, you know, the four songs made it. You know, those four songs musically and lyrically, I probably write a good bulk of the lyrics. I mean, there's a lot of them. that that i write and uh, and as alex puts it they're novels uh, and then they just go through the editing process so uh, yeah whether i'm un- untapped or not um i never thought about that nice yeah
0: well uh, just going back to to bpmd real quick mark um <clears throat> you know obviously when you when you do a whole album full of covers it could be a tricky thing you know a lot of people don't like covers some do but especially when it comes to the, the bands and musicians that you are covering. I mean, I, I think it's great you guys put that metallic, you know, metallic signature on all these tracks because, I mean, these bands were a precursor to metal and they were very, you know, extremely instrumental in its success. And it had a major influence, obviously, on the musicians like yourself and the rest of the guys. Uh, the funny thing is, is that a, a good amount of those bands and musicians from the 70s, they hate being associated with the term heavy metal. Oh,
1: yeah. You know, right. For a fact. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, so uh, have you guys received any reaction thus far from these bands that you've covered um, or the musicians on the record? Have they given you their thumbs up or thumbs down or anything? Have, any, you, know, have you gotten any reaction yet?
1: Yeah, Ted Nugent yeah. loved it. He actually awesome. uh, he, he, he fucking called it brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> Michael nice. Anthony loved it. Buck Dharma from Blue Is Cult. Corky Wang from Mountain. Carmine from Cactus. Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top fucking mm-hmm. loved it. He called it Rash. Rash and Groovalicious. <laughs> um, you know. It's, but you know, Billy Gibbons is a fucking hero of mine. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, that dude is seriously legend upon legend. That that guy, and for him to not only hear what we did, but to offer some words, it, it's, I mean, it's crazy. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, and it's great. And you said precursor to to metal. You know, listen to the original song by mountain never in my life and you tell me that riff is not fucking straight up metal. tell me that's not metal and i'll tell you crazy i agree with you man absolutely and um you know so yeah they've they've heard them and you know mark Farner heard american band and loved it and it's just it's crazy that these guys are um and i don't know these people (laughs) (laughs) you know so it's pretty it's pretty crazy you know and um it's definitely awesome
2: uh, Mark, talk talk about if there is any the uh, fear is the wrong word, but it's the only words coming to my mind right now. The fear or the the thought of doing Van Halen's DoA and having your playing compared to the guy that is pretty arguably the best player in the history of of the guitar.
1: You know, Van Halen is one of those bands that you shouldn't fucking touch. And I told demo that. That's demo, a Phil demo pick. Right, and I was famous. like, listen, man, we can't argue it. That, that's the rule we made. We have to do it. Just be sure you fucking deliver and be sure you're comfortable w- with this. And he's and he said the greatest thing. I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks I'm having fun with this. And <laughs> I was that's like, per- per- perfect. And that's, that's, that was basically the, the mission statement. You know what? Fans are not gonna like these songs. Some some fans are gonna they're gonna go, why do, Why are these guys doing a cover record? You know, it's not you know, it's this is not a, a financial project. We 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 didn't even have a record label. We self financed the entire goddamn thing. You know, we the four of us got together. We paid the recording co- costs. We paid to have it mixed and mastered. We pay. I I personally paid the artwork. I, I mean, we all paid out of our pocket to do this. It was never 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 about money. It was about four dudes getting together in a room, drinking some beers, and having fun. And and that is it. That is the extent of what this was meant to be and what it still is to this day. Um, So, yeah, people are going to... You know how it is. I'm I'm the first one. We've all done it. I don't like that cover. We've all said it. We've all done it. Mm -hmm. We we understand that people are going to say that. And you know what? That's okay. That's fine. It's not meant for that. It was meant for us to you know what, we're, we're, we're doing this for ourselves to have fun. You know, it was an idea from a, a summertime barbecue that we just happened to get together, and hit the record button, and we recorded live. And that's what you're hearing. You're hearing the energy of us, of, of just having fun. And and something like Van Halen, again, I agree with you. It's one of those bands you don't touch, but I believe Phil did a fucking phenomenal job sure. uh, playing it. I think he did that song justice. You know, me for myself, I've never learned a Van Halen song in my life. So um, <laughs>
2: um,
1: I've never played one before. That was the first time I've ever uh, learned. I've obviously heard the song before, but it was the first time I learned that. And I went into it going, shit, how would I do this? You know, again, keeping the integrity intact. Right. And, and same thing with Blitz. He never thought in a million years he would sing a David Lee raw song. He he was the first one to laugh at you, at all of us. He's like, how the fuck am I going to do this? <laughs> you know, but uh, that's the beauty. It challenges you as a musician, sure. Playing music that you never thought you would play, and then trying to put your spin on it and have it sound good, and uh, and that was you know the beauty of it.
2: Yeah, and it's weird with that song because you would think that all the focus would go to the guitar, but it, it, it for me listening to it, you nailed it right on the head. Hearing Blitz singing Roth was like, wow, that's
0: different. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, some, even like the fucking James Gang song, you know, we did the, it's funny with the James Gang version that we did, Portnoy, when we were at Mike's house arranging and getting the shit together, he played us the Van Halen demo from that Pasadena Club days of them covering this. So we did that version of Walk Away. Okay. we did the van halen cover of the cover <laughs> of it and um just to add some up tempo um you know and, and again it we went into a going shit that completely changes the whole thought because I, I i never heard that version of the song i i know the the original was ingrained in me so again i had to completely re-alter and so did blitz um how we were gonna you know perform and present this on a recorded version and, uh, you know, and Mike's good for that. He's good for throwing curveballs at you.
0: Nice. Yeah, well, I'm glad you guys did play a Joe Walsh show. I'm a huge Joe Walsh fan, man. I love uh, his solo stuff, the James Gang, the Barnstorm oh, stuff, man. Love all that stuff, man. Very underrated. Another guy who doesn't get – everyone just thinks of him of being with the uh, Eagles, and they don't un- really understand the, the catalog that he's got, the back catalog uh, he has,
1: yeah. Again, that's why I wear a Joe Walsh shirt in our press photos. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm wearing a wall shirt, man. I love. He's one of my favorite guitar players ever, and yeah. Uh, you
0: know. mm-hmm. Also, just one one last question I got for you, Mark. The the name BPMD, it sounds very familiar. I don't know if it's just a coincidence or not, but it sounds very familiar to another band from Long Island that's not rock that was around in the '90s. Um, EPMD. I, oh. Did it have anything to do
1: with that or no? No, no. It's okay. just. The it's the one we wanted to go down the you know ELP route Emerson Lake and Palmer CSM, oh, okay. Crosby Stills Nash Young, BBA Beck Bargard Apocy. We wanted an acronym with our names, mm-hmm. uh, and we we juggled and mishmashed and put all the letters together many different ways. And BPMD is the one that kind of rolled off the tongue. Right. <laughs> nice. So, so we just went with that.
0: Awesome, man. Well, hey, all right, we're going to wrap it up here, Mark. Uh, thanks, you know, really for a bunch for coming on and, uh, you know, to the podcast and talking to us about the new metal supergroup project called BPMD, American Made. It comes out June 12th on Napalm Records. I uh, can't wait to uh, pick this one up, and, you know, hopefully we'll, uh, we'll speak to you the next time you put together your third supergroup. Nah. That's cool. <laughs> I appreciate it, man. All right, Mark. Take care, man. Hey, guys, thanks, and be safe out there. You too. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast, and be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com.